Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 6.06. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Chad, the Oilers practicing this morning. Andre Secker not on the ice. He's on injured reserve. Took that puck to the face last Friday in Anaheim. So his tough season continues. Your Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. Oilers at Golden Knights tomorrow. Of course, we have it for you on 6.30, Chad. We'll start the face-off show at 6. The game will begin at 8. And two teams who have completely defied preseason expectations. The Vegas Golden Knights were supposed to be eh, maybe an okay expansion team. Instead, they have a 10-point lead atop the Pacific Division, 78 points in 56 games. As a matter of fact, they have the best record in the Western Conference. As a matter of fact, they have a very good chance to wind up with the best record in the entire NHL, depending how their last 26 games go. The Edmonton Oilers, well, you know the story. 50 points in 55 games, well out of a playoff spot. They will not get in this season, and we're all talking about why and what happens next. Yeah, you would have expected probably the records to be reversed when they were meeting at this point of the season. One of the big stories for the Vegas Golden Knights has been this man, former Edmonton Oiler, played mostly in the minors with the team, but now he's uh, become a regular on the Golden Knights blue line. I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports, Brad Hunt. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's good to have you on the show. We talked uh, several times in the past when you were a member of the Oilers organization, when you were up here with the team, and uh, certainly while you were on the farm, we would talk periodically. I didn't know I'd ever be saying Brad Hunt of the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know if you ever imagined that, but it's been working out pretty well, eh? Oh yeah, it's uh, come a long way, man. It's been a, it's been, a, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been a lot of fun. And obviously, I, I owe Edmonton a lot. They gave me my first opportunity, and I grew a lot as a player with Edmonton. And uh, thank everybody in the organization there for giving me a chance. In terms of joining Vegas, I, I mean, just take us through um, that opportunity. Let people know how it kind of came about and, and how you approached uh, joining an expansion team because, you know, that can be, uh, you're kind of going into an unknown there, I suppose, at the time. Yeah, I mean, like, it, I don't know. It's just one of those things that kind of just felt right. You know, obviously, after the expansion draft, there's a lot of D-men here, but at the same time, I, 
I figured it was uh, my best opportunity to get a really good chance, and I'd, and I'd always heard really good things about everybody in the organization here and uh, how they treated everybody the proper way, and I was really excited to be a part of it, and it's uh, obviously worked out for the best. It's been a lot of fun. So I, I heard a story, and you'll have to tell me if, if this is true, and if it is, I'd, I'd love to get the details. Is, is it true this is the, the first team that ever told you, hey, go ahead and get a place in town? If you're sticking around? Yeah, it, Yep, in the NHL, this is the first place that uh, has told me to, to, to like, like you said, uh, buy or not buy a place, rent a place, and uh, kind of make it your home. So that was something that was really special for my wife and I. We got to go out and get a house, and uh, this makes you feel a lot more solidified. And uh, not necessarily you can let your foot off the gas or anything, but you feel you feel at home, and you feel uh, feel comfortable, and you're in your own home. And you, like we got our dog here, we got all of our stuff here now. So it's been it was something that was really cool. I mean, how did that how did that feel? Because I mean, a lot of people who follow the Oilers know your journey. You were in the NCAA. You got to play a little bit with the Oilers, St. Louis, uh, Nashville. You always talk to me about work ethic and attitude and trying to stick around. And you're not like a, a 19, 20 year old where it's like, okay, now I'm in the NHL a long time. I mean, you're 29. You've been fighting for for a while. So when you actually heard that, I mean, given your history, how did that feel? Oh, it felt amazing. I mean, uh, Rick Bronstein, the guy who who came to me and told me that it was okay for me to, to go and look for a place. I mean, I just I gave him a big hug and said thank you very much. And I told him this is the first time this has ever happened. So I think it was really cool for him too. All right. In terms of of the Golden Knights season, I mean. I don't think I'm uh, stretching the truth here to say that this has probably even exceeded your best expectations for what the Golden Knights might be able to do this year. Is that fair? Oh, totally. I mean, I think everybody was kind of shocked. But at the same time, when we see the team and, like, you, as, you, as you see our team grow as a, as a team and as, as friends and as a big family and brotherhood almost, it's been, it's been incredible. And uh, it's like when we got to this spot where we – We've kept the same thing the whole year, and that's just take it day by day and stay in the moment. That's what uh, that's what each player has uh, kind of lived the season by. Where do you think it started? I mean, I know you guys started the the season well, and obviously that helps to get out of the gate strong because we've we've seen the opposite here for the Oilers. But was there even something of a vibe in training camp or in the preseason that you sensed? Okay, we're not going to be the regular miss the playoffs by twenty points expansion team. I mean, where did you sort of sense something might be going? Might might be a little special here. Um, I'm not even too sure. Obviously, off the off the start, we. Uh we started off really hot, and we started off really hot with a, a, a bunch of different goalies who kind of stepped up and, and showed the character that they have and, uh, and really helped push the team forward. And I think as that happened, we just grew even more as a team and had even more belief in each other since we were, we were dealing with so many different players coming through, and it just made, it made the character even stronger in the room. Well, you mentioned all the different goalies, and uh, you know, the, obviously, the toughest night you guys have had was was here in Edmonton, where, where you had to use your fourth and fifth string goalies. But for the most part, you survived having depth goaltenders in net. How did you get through that? Because look, Brad, you everybody knows when a guy's a call up or or hasn't played a lot, and sometimes that can uh, that can affect the team going into the game. How, how were you able to keep working through that and keep winning even with uh, depth guys in net? I think we just even each guy in the room stepped up and played even harder. And I mean, the guys that came in, I mean, we got Malcolm Subban who played unbelievable. Then he got injured, and then. Uh, Maxim Legacy came in and he played unbelievable and then uh, Oscar Dance came in or sorry vice versa Oscar came in and then Max came in and they, they played unreal and they gave the team confidence and each guy knew that they had to step up a little bit more but 
at the same time, we knew we were getting great goaltending no matter who it was. Brad Hunt joining us in Inside Sports Defenseman with the Vegas Golden Knights. You guys have obviously, you're winning a lot of games. You've won a lot of games in dramatic fashion, overtime, maybe a late goal, a comeback. Why do you think that's happening? Is that, I mean, is that related to confidence? Is that just guys making the right play at the right time? And, I, and, and I'm assuming when you're in a close game, you guys must love it because you probably expect that you're going to get the key goal. Yeah, I think it's one of those things we preached all year too. It's not to get too high, not to get too, whole, too low, just kind of stay an even keel throughout the whole game. And uh, it's just the character in the room. We don't get all over each other. We just, we just play. We, 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 we really pride ourselves on playing the same way throughout the full 60 minutes. No matter we're up by two goals or we're down by two goals, we're going to play the same way, and, and hopefully it comes out in the best interest for us in the end. A huge story for you guys as well as your head coach, Gerard Gallant. I mean, obviously everybody knows what happened to him with Florida last year, and he's you know, very likely going to win Coach of the Year this year. I know you probably don't want to get ahead to award season quite yet, but what is he like as a coach? How has he affected uh, the team and you personally? Uh, he's been awesome. I mean, he really he preaches confidence in us, and he wants us to have fun. He wants us to make plays, and uh, like I guess ultimately he, he he loves seeing us have fun. And uh, in practice, we do everything's high tempo, and how we how we practice is how we play. And uh, he's he's been great not only for our team but for me as well to break in and be as comfortable as I am right now. And uh, he's 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 made a made a big part of that. Okay, I got to ask you about living in Las Vegas because you know people wondered that about about a team uh, a team going there. I mean, there's the Strip, but I mean, I, other than that, I mean, is it just pretty much a normal city, or what's it like actually living in Vegas? Uh, it's awesome. We live in a town called Summerlin, and uh, it's right by the Red Rock Canyons and all that. So there's awesome hiking, and it's really cool. The people here are really nice, and they really embrace the team, and uh, we've actually really embraced the city too. The we. But my wife and I, we really love it here. All right. I mean, in terms of the fans, because obviously you had experience in Edmonton, you know what Edmonton and Canadian markets are like. How would you say, and look, it obviously helps that you guys are, are winning, but what do, you, what do you sense from the fans in Vegas? I mean, I'm wondering, do you, do you run into a lot of transplanted Canadians that are watching you guys? Or, you know, are you, are you teaching people about the sport? I mean, give me a sense of your relationship with the fan base. Uh, they're incredible. I mean, everywhere you go here, you see people wearing uh, Vegas Golden Knights gear, whether it's a hat, a T-shirt, a jersey. Everywhere you go, you you see it all the time, and they not necessarily they don't approach you all the time, but they're and when you do it, they're always really friendly and they're really supportive of us. And uh, just thank, I just want to thank them for that. That's it, they've made, made playing here so special, and it's uh, been an incredible experience. Brad Hunt from the Vegas Golden Knights joining us. Brad, I mean, look, we started talking about a little bit about your journey. Tell me about your game. And, I mean, what do you think has allowed you to stick in the NHL this season? Is there one or two aspects you can put a finger, a finger on? Or, or, you know, maybe it's confidence like we were talking about earlier. Tell me, what, you know, why this year has, has been the one where you've been able to stick around. I think it's just a bit of everything. I mean, confidence obviously is huge in this game. But just uh, I think just continuing to let your game grow no matter what state you're in. I mean, everybody can always get better, and I think – that's been a big thing is never thinking that you're too good or you're not good enough. It's just it's just playing and having fun and then uh, staying loose and, like I said, just getting better each day. The Oilers are the one team that's beaten you twice this year, Brad. You guys are having a great season, but I mentioned uh, they had a pretty good night in November. Close game last month that ended in overtime. Give me a little bit about what you expect tomorrow. Um, well, we know that they have a really good team. they got some high-end firepower, and it's, uh, it's always a lot of fun to play against them. And, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of relationships yeah. with guys in the team, and they're they're always uh, really mm-hmm. friendly with me. And uh, I, I mean, uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun to play with them, to to be a part of an organization and be able to play against them. It's uh, really cool. And like I said before, I uh, I just want to thank Edmonton for a, a, allowing me to get my chance in the NHL, and the opportunity that that they gave me is was uh, was awesome, and uh, something they'll never forget. And it's a lot of fun to play against them. All right. Well, Brad, look, uh, thanks for hooking up with us uh, here after your practice. It's gonna, it's always fun to watch you play, and, and I know a lot of people uh, in Edmonton still keep an eye on you and are, are pulling for you because you're always a pleasure to deal with, and that great attitude comes across whenever we talk. So uh, all the best the rest of the way. I have a policy that I, I can't wish you good luck specifically tomorrow, but uh, every other game. Sound fair? fair? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Reed, for the call. That is Brad Hunt of the Vegas Golden Knights checking in, and he's finally made it as an NHLer at the age of 29. He's played 65 NHL games, 32 of them this year with the Golden Knights, had a goal last night, two goals, 13 points on the season, and part of that incredible story, the Golden Knights, who, uh, as you as you may remember, and we know how important predictions are to sports, my midseason prediction to win the Stanley Cup, because why not? They just keep going, keep finding ways to pull it out. Oilers and Golden Knights coming up tomorrow. Hey, I want to remind you, if you need to get in touch, you can text 630-630, our open line number, 780-496-0063. You can also email insidesports at 630ched.com. Bob Stoffer is going to check in from Vegas. Uh, we'll discuss what's going on here with the Oilers as they try to get out of this four-game slump. And former Oilers prospect and now playing goal with the Stony Plain Eagles, Tyler Buns is going to check in as well. Some more Eskimos news. They announced a lot of signings today. We'll explain how that worked. That's all coming up. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. received an email from Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer today. He says, hey, Reed, want to do ballads for music returns tonight? I enthusiastically replied, yes. That's as close as we're going to get to uh, any type of Valentine's Day discussion. Plus, at some Mm. point, in honor of The Simpsons, we have to play Monster Mash on Valentine's Day. Remember that one? Yes. That was great. Absolutely. Almost Paradise. So we were talking about that at the end of the uh, afternoon news. I'm not going to suggest any songs. You can surprise me, Kellen. No problem. Also, if uh, people want to text in their favorite uh, ballad, 630, 630, I'll have that that window open all night. You're going to take love song suggestions from the listening audience. Yeah, just for the the inside sports audience. Nothing can go wrong there. No. (laughs) Oh, hey, we learned about, uh, what was that name of that band that we learned about uh, a few weeks ago from oh, that one Oh, that guy. Canadian band. The Canadian band. Oh, uh, I already Qu- forgot. Killer Dwarves. Yes. Killer yeah, Dwarves. Yeah, you, have, you yes. have the song. So, well, yeah. yeah. I'm, sure we'll get some, I'm sure we'll get some good suggestions. Absolutely. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. That's Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. We'll check in with Bob Stoffer in lovely Las Vegas between 630 and 7. I think Bob's uh, got a busy night planned here, so hopefully he'll be able to, to fit us in. Hopefully we'll get that interview on the air. NHL tonight, just three games, only one of them in progress. The Maple Leafs lead the Blue Jackets. 3-2, nine minutes into the second period. Kadri with a couple of goals. He now has 20 
on the season. The Raptors in action, trailing Chicago 22-21 with three minutes left in the first quarter. Women's curling at the Olympics. Well, this isn't going well. Canada trailing Korea 4-1 in the sixth end. It's a bit of a shocker. And, of course, the hockey tournament underway. Slovakia defeated Orr, the Olympic athletes from Russia. Oh. 3-2. See, when you talk Orr and hockey, I'm thinking Bobby Orr, but there we go. Yes, Bobby Orr is not a team on himself at the Olympics. There we go. Slovenia upending the United States 3-2. So games coming up here. Finland, Germany, Norway, Sweden, Czech Republic, and Korea, and Switzerland and Canada uh, starts around 5 a.m. Edmonton time. Around 5 a.m. Edmonton time. And then uh, Canada also playing the Czech Republic and Korea in the pool play. The the way the uh, Olympic tournament works, there are three pools of four. Everybody makes the elimination round. The three pool winners and the best second place team get a bye into the quarters. So they get seated one through four. And the other teams get seated 5 through 12. Remember when when uh, Canada won in Vancouver, they did not earn a bye coming out of the preliminary round. I think they were the sixth seed, uh, won their, uh, I guess, would have been the first elimination game, yeah. then won the quarterfinal over Russia. Uh, who was the semi that year? Was that Slovakia? And then Slovakia, obviously beat yeah. the United States in yeah. the gold medal game. Yeah, that unfortunately, that was the last time we saw Pavel Dimitra on uh, North American ice. That's right. Yeah, Sadly. that's right. Yeah. Of course, uh, died in the plane crash a couple of years after that. Maple Leafs just scored now up 4-2 on Columbus, 9.43 left in the second period. You can go. You might, you might want to check out, uh, well, it's Valentine. This, this is maybe more of a Halloween story, but what the heck. I'm not a very romantic person. The 630Ched Twitter account and globalnews.ca, they got this dog-like robot that can open doors. The the headline, dog-like robot that can open doors prompts fears, conversation over potential uses. (laughs) What's it going to do? It can open a door. It's not going to take over the world. Or will it? Yeah, just keep Skynet out of it. It'll be fine. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Sports tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And Tawny Katine, but <laughs> that was was she in this video too? Yeah, she was in like all the White Snake videos. Uh, here I go again is the uh, famous one. Still the night as well. All right, John texting in. Good timing because I was going to talk about this. Uh, looks like the Eskimos made about a hundred signings today. Any idea which ones are legit and which ones are camp fodder? Well, I'll tell you what, John, a lot of the guys they have signed were practice roster guys from last season that they bring back. The three most significant names, they re-signed linebacker Doug Parrish, defensive back Nick Taylor, and wide receiver Jamil Smith, who, remember, was a kick returner for most of last season and showed a little bit of potential in the return game. That's been a weakness 
the Eskimos have had for a while. They haven't had that game-breaking returner. Uh, I mean, who did they have? Tristan Jackson a few years ago. Tony Tompkins was good when they won the Great Cup in 2005. But you, you compare, I mean, the Roy Finch staying in Calgary. BC's had some good guys. Uh, you know, Banks, obviously, with, uh, with Hamilton. The Eskimos have been average or worst uh, most years in the return game. You can get more on the Eskimo signings on 630chet.com. But, John, that's the deal. Most of these guys uh, were on the practice roster. A.J. Cruz, you may have heard of. Quarterback Zach Klein, who was around last season. Receiver Devontae Speedy Noyle. He's uh, another name to remember. So I don't know if they're all necessary camp fodder, but I don't know if there's ne- necessarily any stars in there. Thank you. This texture says, uh, hey, Reed, can the robot dog pee on the carpet slash plants? Excellent question. <laughs> as, as far as I know, no. The robot dog does not have urination capabilities. Really good question, though. Now, that would be scary. To me, that would be more scary than the robot dog that can open doors. The urinating robot dog. Now, that's when we're talking world domination. Because while you're yeah. cleaning up after the dog, they're plotting. How if about they're just being opening a, doors, you're fine. Yeah, how about being a neighbor of the person who owns the robot dog, and that dog inevitably always ends up on your front yard doing its business, and you have to yell at the neighbors, hey, what are you doing? Clean up that dog's oil spill. Uh, Levi texting in, do you think the Talbot twins have anything to do with his... Performance. I know it wasn't a factor last year, but kids sometimes get worse as they grow older. Well, Rob Brown is, uh, we, well, Rob and I have been asked this question. Rob is the parent of twins. They're now teenagers. I, I think we would be foolish to assume that off-ice influences uh, don't have an impact on players. In Talbot's case particularly, it's tough to say. I mean, he stayed in Edmonton last summer. Uh, the Twins are, they'd be, what, about a year and a half now? He, he did have them for all of last year. Um, to, to say that that's why he's dropped off to the extent that he has, I, I don't know. That might be a stretch, but the, things happen in, in uh, people's lives that they have to deal with, and it could affect the mood you come to the rink in. Uh, I think Talbot's just basically having a tough year, and I think he, like many players on the Oilers, have been rattled by it. I, I mean, just push yourself... Kids aside, off ice things aside, say the say the next game you get to play goal for the Edmonton Oilers, and you know that ten times this season the first shot on goal that has gone in, and on ten occasions it's been two nothing before the game was ten minutes old. I don't care how mentally tough you are, you're probably holding your breath a little bit when the first shot, the first few shots are coming in. And I really think that's afflicted the Oilers as much as anything else this season. Things uh, did not get off to a good start. You don't expect good things to happen. You're protecting against making mistakes as opposed to trying to make plays. And we've seen it with this team. Early, they have not been good enough. And with the game on the line, and I recognize there have been several games, too many games this season, where they have actually absolutely been blown out. 5 nothing losses on home ice, 4 nothing losses on home ice. You know, games they've lost 6-2, 8-2, whatever, uh, or whatever it ended in St. Louis, 8-3, I think. For sure, too many games like that. But there have been games, all three games on the California road trip last week, 
And then the game against Florida on Monday, they have lost all four. In the third period of all those games, the Oilers had a chance to make a play or a save to maybe get a point or even two out of those games. And in every occasion, they were not the team that made that play. San Jose, three minutes and 53 on the power play straight late in the game. Don't score. San Jose scores after that. Uh, Los Angeles. Can you, can you kill a penalty late in the game? No, you can't. Game-winning goal for the Kings. Florida, 3-3 after two. As Todd McClellan described, you, you break down killing a penalty and give up a breakaway, and they score. And obviously Talbot had, uh, had a tough night, but, but even in that game, they hung around, chance to rally, can't finish some chances, can't get the saves. Uh, Paul says, uh, hi, I think the problem is Talbot has had another year with the Oilers goalie coach. I'm not a fan and feel that's an area hurting the goalies, for example, Dubnik. Well, Paul, I, I mean, I, fair text. I mean, when things go bad, anything's going to be criticized. Talbot has the same goalie coach, Dustin Schwartz, that he uh, had last year. And I'm trying to remember when they changed goalie coaches. I, I believe Dubnik had Freddie Shabbat as the goalie coach. I'd have to remember the exact timing of the goalie change, but I, I think Dubnik had Shabbat, so uh, I understand what you're saying. Not a direct comparison between the two because they would have had different guys. Hi, Reed. Any idea when Larson is coming back? I do not. He's gone to Sweden. I know Bob mentioned on the face-off show the other day it could be March before we see Adam Larson back in the Oilers lineup. Obviously, it's... Uh, a situation he's got to take care of with his father passing away. Uh, Kevin from Stoney says Lucic needs to go. Even if he drops 15 pounds and gets a bit faster, it's not enough. Time to retain salary and try for an asset now rather than deal with another year of struggles and a buyout. I would also deal Camilleri on top of Latestu and Maroon. Clefbaum is never healthy. Shut him down for the rest of the year and hope to get him back healthy next year. Kevin, Milan Lucic will not be traded. He has a no-movement clause. I want everybody to remember that I'm saying that. And you may not like it, and you can criticize the general manager for giving him one. That is fine. If you were Milan Lucic, would you waive your no-movement clause in the second year of a seven-year contract from the team that gave you that money and that term? Why would you do that if you're that player? I, I know, Kevin, I'm not telling you what you want to hear, and I apologize for that. Trading Milan Lucic is flat-out not an option. Trading Chris Russell is flat-out not an option. Trading Cam Talbot is flat-out not an option. Trading Andre Secker is flat-out not an option this year. They all have no-movement clauses. Later on in their deals, some of them have partial no-movement clauses where they can list the teams that they want to go to. But you can't trade Milan Lucic and tell the other team we'll retain salary. It just doesn't happen unless for some reason he were to waive it and I don't know why he would Kevin again I apologize uh, the rest of your text Latestu will be traded San Jose Toronto Pittsburgh and Columbus at least those teams have already inquired about Mark Latestu Camilleri, I'm sure the Oilers will dangle. I don't know if anybody will want him. I mean, he could be a depth player, maybe a bit of a specialty player who uh, can play in offensive situations. I doubt he would play every playoff game on a good team. 
And uh, I, I think Maroon will be traded. I know there's been talk about re-signing him. I, I would think he would go. 780-496-0063. Elvis is on the line. Hello, Elvis. Reed, how are you, sir? Quite well. Perfect. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm just I'm driving home listening to the people calling in. I hear the frustration. I hear people ganging up on Maroon or on uh, Lucic. I hear about the Maroon trays, and I'm listening to all this stuff, and I'm trying to absorb it. And I'm just, I'm just wondering what is going to happen. Like, if, like the one caller said, if he lost 15 pounds, it wouldn't make a difference. We don't know that, and when we don't know what's going on with Lucic. We don't know if uh, I know he had some back issues uh, yeah, when he was with Boston. There's all kinds of stuff that came into play. I think, I think it was a perfect storm this year, Reed, uh, in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I think everything that could go wrong with the Oilers uh, has gone absolutely wrong. And I mean. We got a we got a thing that really helped me out. And really, learned uh, for me to put things in perspective is when um, uh, Mr. Larson's dad was visiting. Adam's dad was visiting, and he lost his father at such a young age. I was just like, I, I couldn't even fathom that. Yeah. It's, uh... So you know what? We're 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 gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna suck it up. We're gonna be Oiler fans again next year. I've been an Oiler fan ever since I came in the league. Uh, there, there will be some accountability. People can be assured of that. I don't know if that'll be within coaching, if that will be management, or what it will be. But there's just way too much money involved in this downtown uh, ice district for this team to be failing, and that I can guarantee you. And you know what, Reed? I enjoy listening to the show, man. It's, it's even in this what I call back to the dark ages uh, <laughs> of, of, of uh, no playoff, like. It's going to be horrible. I'm going to be at the deck of the golf course this year and, and can't talk about the Oilers. I'm going to have to listen to all those Maple Leafs. Well, you can focus other... more on your golf game. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think of how po- deeper in you'll, the bush. You'll be shooting 76 in no time. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if that makes any sense, what I just said to you, but it's like, uh, you know, like like everybody's got to – you get frustrated and everybody's just like, trade, do this, do that, do that. And, you know, we're all angry and we're all we're – all, we're, we're passionate. Thanks, Elvis. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Thanks, bud. Uh, this texture says, who cares about the player's weight? Is that a serious concern? Well, I think that was brought up today because Mark Spector p- published an article. Uh, do we call it publish when it's online? There was an article on sportsnet.ca uh, interview with Lucci today where he talked about his weight and maybe trying to, he's 238, maybe trying to get down to 225. I think that's uh, why that was brought up. Mark on line three. Hey, Mark. Hi, Reed. Hello. I was listening to your interview with Brad Hunt there. That was a pretty good interview. I looked at He sure seems like an upbeat guy just the way he talks. He's incredible. I'll just, I'll just quickly tell you a story, Mark. I, I mean, he just, he's got a smile on his face all the time. And I remember, what, you know, he'd be at Oilers training camp and, you know, he'd be, he obviously was called up a few times. Yep. And look, there's a lot of good guys in hockey. There's a lot of Canadians. They know how to they know how to treat people. They're, they're humble. But Brad takes it to another level. And I, I just know for me, Look, you're you know that players get tired of the media after a while. I, I get it. I'm not oh, you know we're not we're not friends. So, you know the players and the media aren't friends. It's a professional yeah. relationship. But Brad, you know, I met Brad once. First time you interview, you introduce yourself. It's the human thing to do, and you talk to him. And then he's called up three months later, and I walk into the dressing room, and he says, "Hi, Reed." Like I know, like there are probably some players on the Oilers now that aren't sure what my name is that see me every day, right. and he yeah. remembered it after several months. You so I thought that was pretty very cool. Very personable guy, just by listening to the interview with you and stuff. 
Yeah. I wanted to take a tip out of that. I don't know if you remember. I phoned you before about how frustrating I find the defense and probably the coaches. Like, everything is slow, slow with them guys. Uh, some guys have said that, you know, the people, different media have saying they're slower this year. I don't think they're that much uh, a slow team, but the pace at which they play is so methodically slow. It drives me nuts. And the, the, the Russell reset, the ring around the boards, and a lot of that's got to be coaching. And I noticed the tidbit out of Brad Hunt's interview where he said, even the practices, we, play, we do it with high pace all the time. Gregory even made a comment on a show that he goes to practices, and he said, yeah, the odd time they have a little higher tempo practice, the Oilers are speaking of, but he said, not near enough. And I don't, in today's game, I don't understand that deep bit. Uh, well, I think the Oilers have decent tempo in their practices, personally. Um I don't see a lot of other teams practice. Sometimes I see morning skates when I'm up top on game days, though those aren't full practices. But Vegas definitely has has found something yeah. here, and they're, and they're playing with a lot of and energy. And even if so. the practice a side read, don't you find the Oilers' defense just, like, frustrating to watch the way they move the puck or can't Well, sometimes, because they don't, they don't... And you know what? And Shirelli, and I know Shirelli's not popular right now, but last year, when they started well... And uh, I, I said, Seven why are three. you guys better? He said, because we transitioned the puck better up to our forwards. Yeah. And I think this year it's been a combination of things. Uh, I, I do think the mental part of it is I, I think they're afraid to make a mistake. Uh, I do think some guys have been a little bit injured, and I think they've had a couple guys just drop off from, from where they were last year, oh, and it's all combined for a, for a bad, bad season. Yeah, I agree with that, kind of what that last guy said about being a perfect storm, but is it all going to swing? Like they, A lot of guys have said that, well, they're not going to make a lot of changes, come back next year, a few tweaks. Man, when you have this bad of a season, how can you sell that to the fans? Uh, you take the uh, PK coach. It's not just this year. I believe since December or January of last year. Yeah, they haven't had a good penalty kill. Like you can't hit, bring that guy back again. Two years of the worst in the league. You can't. Well, maybe, what if what if they brought Todd back and changed the assistants? Well, uh, someone was, uh, recommended that, and they said that Todd will sink or swim with his assistants. What I've heard. Well, he's been with them a while, especially yeah. he and Woodcroft have been together. But yep. I mean, maybe maybe he I've won't have a choice. Think or swim with them, and I don't. Even, there's been talk about the. I mean, change. You can you can fantasize stuff. There's been talk about Chicago might be looking at a change. Q's been there a long time. Man, if he was available, I'd drive him in a heartbeat. Mark, I always like to talk to you. Thanks, man. You betcha. Thanks. Okay, Jamie's up next on the phone line. I'll get to a couple of texts as well. Six forty nine. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, this is a request from the uh, text line. Kellen Kennedy taking your ballad requests, a little always from Bon Jovi from their Greatest Hits album. This texter, uh, Paul, says, are the Edmonton Oilers last in the standings? If so, we should just look forward to a high draft pick. It is a business after all. Well, the Edmonton Oilers aren't last, but they are fifth last. I can't tell you where they're going to pick because there's still a third of the season left. And the draft lottery, remember, folks, they now pick three teams. So the Edmonton Oilers could finish fifth last, and if three teams from behind them get picked in the lottery, they would drop down to eighth. 
They could also jump up to one, two, or three. So a lot of combinations there. Uh, a little too early to be talking about that. Uh, this texture says... Uh, do the Oilers still employ Steve Smith? If so, he's the problem. Hashtag 1986. I assume that's a humorous text. But if not, I can tell you Steve Smith is with the Carolina Hurricanes. Jamie is online too. You knew that, didn't you, Jamie? Uh, no, I didn't, actually. Okay. What's up? Uh, you know, I don't know how obvious this is, but, you know, when you're, when you're top two defensemen that were looking pretty good last year, and they're both really young, in Clefbaum and Larson, when they just don't show up for a season, it's it's like the whole defensive core just gets slotted down and slotted down. And you got Matt Benning and other guys that are just trying to defend so many minutes. And I just, you know, and then I also think the forwards are not back checking like they were last year. And I just, it just, it just looks so ugly of trying to prevent goals it's just embarrassing okay so, so so here's here's the question though a couple other guys have brought this up is this a long-term concern for you or do you think this is something most guys will bounce back from i i honestly i don't know i think maybe they need a bit more like they need someone like to show them the way on the back end like maybe because you know larson and clefbaum are so young there's there's no good veterans showing them the way i know i wrestle in sec I have lots of games, but I don't know what's going on. Well, that's, you, you, I'm not laughing at you. A lot of people have said that to me this year. I don't know what is going on. I, I Look, I, I, they haven't played well enough. I do think there are some very unusual things that probably wouldn't repeat themselves two seasons in a row, like the penalty killing at home and like some of the first shot stuff. But even yep. if they'd avoided that this year, they still they still wouldn't be uh, in in the playoffs. And and a lot of guys have got hurt and have haven't played well. But they they've earned their. Even if here's the thing, Jamie. A lot of people have said to me they're better than their record. I understand that, but they have still earned their record in terms of this season. It, it, I you know I, oh, sure. they, you know I, I I hope it doesn't repeat itself. But they're gonna I, like I don't think the roster has to be turned up torn apart. But they probably need four or five. They probably need four or five changes. Maybe some of those will come internally. Uh, if yeah. Yamamoto's on the team or Puli Yarvi can go from a somewhat inconsistent player to a more consistent player, maybe those will happen internally. But I, I wouldn't start, like, I, I don't think they need to get rid of 14 guys like Rob and I said a few years ago. I hope not. Right. Quick question for you, Reed. Yes. Do you think Talbot needs a little uh, competition for the number one spot next year, or do you, or do you let him try and right the ship, and and kind of leave him with a, a career backup guy like Montoya? Uh, I don't know if he needs necessarily direct competition, but I think the Oilers could use a better backup. I, I'm not sure Montoya is the answer. It's hard to get that guy, right? It, it's like every team yeah. would like to have uh, the 25th to the 40th best goalie in the NHL to back up your guy, right? Um, I don't know if he needs competition, but I'd like to see the team get a more reliable backup. Yes. that fair? Fair enough. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. Okay. Harvey and Moe after the news. Inside Sports on Chad. 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.